Welcome to the Born to Write podcast, dedicated to writers, authors, and the art of storytelling. Go behind the scenes where writers reveal their ups and downs and how they finally shared their stories with the world. Now, here is your host, Azul Tarones. Today's guest is the author of Mr. All Around, The Life of Tom Gola. The author's name is David Grzbowski. And what's amazing about this is that David started writing this book as he was an undergraduate. He went on to finish his, his undergraduate degree, became a reporter, worked in television, and eventually still had the stirring he wanted to write this book. It took him five years to get out of him. But what's great is he was able to take one of the most iconic basketball players in Philadelphia and tell his story the way he felt it should be told. Tom Gola was the NCAA in the championship in 1954. He also still currently holds the NCAA record for the most rebounds in a career. And it's great to hear about his story, about what it's like to walk in to Barnes & Noble and see his book on the shelf, and how he's working on getting his book out there. I hope you enjoy this interview. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Born to Write. I'm really thrilled today to have the author of Mr. All Around, The Life of Tom Gola. David Grzbowski is here. Thank you so much for being a part of our show. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You know, I was really excited that we got connected through your brother because, I mean, I would have never found out about this book if it wasn't for him. But then I got really interested in the fact that your book was telling the story of such an incredible icon and that I just kept wondering, how did this all start? You know, and that's kind of where I wanted to begin because when you're writing a book, especially if you're writing a book that you maybe you know a lot about, that's one thing. But when you have to dive in and do investigative journalism and, and kind of figure out the story behind the information, it takes a lot of work. So tell us, how did this begin? Where was the place where you said, you know what, I think I should do this? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and it's probably my favorite question to answer. So this book kind of started, so I, I was, I'm from Philadelphia. I went to LaSalle University in Philadelphia. And during my time, I was a communication major there, journalism. I went the whole TV route and everything. Yeah, during my time, you know, I followed the basketball team pretty closely. When LaSalle made it to the Sweet 16 back in 2013, the NCAA tournament, they went pretty far. I traveled with them to like Dayton, Ohio, Kansas City, uh, Los Angeles for the tournament and everything. And I really, you know, have a rich history and understanding of the basketball program. And during that time, I got to meet Tom Gola, who is, you know, their Michael Jordan of their program and their school. The arena is named after him. He's the first star and probably the only big star. I mean, there's other stars in the university, but he's the most recognizable. He, you know, he has a very decorated life and he was alive at the time when I was a student and I met him. I did a newspaper article when I was a student on him to kind of like, hey, you know, we haven't heard from you in a while. Hope your health is doing well. What's going on? One thing led to another. I graduated from school, you know, kept in contact with his wife, Caroline. And yeah, someone just told me, hey, someone just read a book about Tom Gola, like out loud, like one day to me. And I kind of like, you know what, like maybe a, that could be me. So, you know, I, I always respected TV personalities that, uh, you know, because I was in a TV business for a few years that had like, you know, they're on TV and then they also had like a podcast or, you know, they wrote an actual book or about some subject. So I thought it was really cool. And uh, yeah, I just kind of put my head down and here we are now with the finished book. And uh, I'm really excited for people to check it out. And that's kind of a long-winded answer, but it's a labor of love slash like right timing of the book coming out. So I'm really, really pumped for people to check it out. Yeah. So you, you talked about a labor of love. This isn't like, oh, I'll sit down and write this book in 30 days or 90 days or even six months. This took you a while. What was mm. your process? Like what was your, once you said, hmm, you know what, maybe I will write it. Then what was your process to say, okay, how do I tackle writing a book of, of such a legend as Tom and start to paint the picture in a book? What was the first steps you took? Yeah. So I, I really wanted to, first, I got the, obviously the blessing from the family because I wanted as much access to him and 
his family as as much as possible. Um, I probably could have written it from afar too, but you know, to really get the in depth access to his family is crucial. So I just kind of like put my head down and researched every angle. Um, obviously, he had a really decorated life, so. I literally started from, you know, all right, born on January, whatever, you know, went to grade school and just mapped it out and then kind of just laid it out. Actually, I have my closet. I have two poster boards where I literally just like wrote things out like a school project. Like, okay, chapter one is this, chapter two is this, chapter three. And I got kind of like a, a consensus of like what they should be. And then I kind of, you know, went rogue and discovered what was in each chapter. But then in doing the research on each chapter, I got more in depth of like, little things, and then they became their own chapter. So I probably started with like, I don't know, 20, 25 chapters. And I think it was down to like 18 or 20 because, you know, we consolidated some. Yeah, it's kind of cool. The whole, the research process of the book was kind of my favorite part, to be honest with you, because I really wanted to just learn everything and anything. I didn't want it to be a book about like, oh, he's, he dribbled a basketball, he scored a point, you know, like I wanted to be like, okay, here's how he was as a father. Here's a story of how he helped his neighbor who was scared to talk to him because he was a celebrity basketball tickets to a basketball game. Like I really wanted to be like, I wanted people to read, to lead the book with like, okay, that was neat. I didn't know that, you know, more so than just like, Hey, here's a guy who played basketball and was popular. Right. And, and so it is really obvious that you did so much detailed work on this. And I think people would be surprised at how much goes into a book because, you know, when you're doing someone's biography and trying to do it in a lens, particular around their achievements in this, you know, Tom had a lot of them. How did you decide your writing plan? Because it took you several years to write. How did you decide, like, look, here's how I'm going to do it. Here's how I'm going to write each chapter or finish it. What was the the day-to-day steps to get the book out of you? Yeah, it actually depended on what chapter I was working on or whatever I had in front of me research-wise. So, like, there was days where I was really invested into his political life. There was days where, like, I was really invested into, you know, his time playing basketball in college. So, I was kind of like all over the place, unorganized, but then organized way, if that's kind of weird to say, but I really just kind of, you know, wanted to, you know, lay everything out and figure out what was the game plan in terms of what chapter and the writing process. I'm not gonna lie, the writing process is really frustrating because there was times, honestly, where I I really wanted to give up on the book. Like, I hate to say that, but it's the truth because, you know, I wasn't sure, I knew there was an audience for it, but I wasn't sure like literally how to finish it. And it was, that's probably really the hardest thing. You know, I was working in the TV business, so my hours are all crazy. And the last thing I would want to do is go home after a hard days of work, working crazy hours just to, you know, write a thousand words or call someone for an interview. So, um, yeah, the writing process was kind of hard, but I kind of like, I got really patient with it towards the end. And I think that's why it, it uh, happened because I took the time to really just like, okay, literally focus on each sentence and each chapter. And next thing you know, you have 55,000 words and you have a potential book. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. The writing part was by far the hardest thing to do. Right. And, and like like you mentioned, and people need to understand, you were a working news reporter in Philadelphia, I think also in North Carolina. So it wasn't that you were yep. like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to a nine to five. You have long, crazy hours and to find time to write is a commitment. You had to have a bigger purpose. What was your biggest calling? Why did you need to write this book? Yeah, I think I want to write this book because I think Gola's story and his legacy needs to be needs to be told. So I, I kind of backtrack and the stars kind of aligned for me to write this book because the same day I called his wife and said, I want to write this book was the same day back in 1998 where like they deemed Tom Golladay in the city of Philadelphia because the arena was named after him. And I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. You know, it's, it's cool symmetry. What are the odds? I start the book the same day as like, you know, 15 years earlier that this happened. 
And then it went a step further and, you know, they just, just things started clicking. I interviewed the right people, like everyone I wanted to get in touch with, I really got in touch with. There's probably like maybe two or three people that I didn't get because I just didn't have the luck that time. But everything worked out with the book down to the front cover of the book, you know, with the pictures and the access and stuff. And it was kind of a smooth process. And I was actually more pumped at times about the marketing in the book than I was about actually, you know, finishing it up because I really wanted to, you know, I'm entrepreneurial with my, with my ideas and the book and uh, yeah. Yeah. So a lot I was kind of long-winded. <laughs> no, it's perfect. Unlike a lot of authors who like, that's what they cringe. They're like, oh, I, I don't want to market. I don't want to do any of that. That was your sweet spot, which is great because a book like this needs that. This book won't just get found on accident. It needs a lot of attention. That's why I'm really glad you're here sharing a book of, of this caliber because this, like you said, this story needs to be told. It's such an important figure, not just for basketball and, you know, LaSalle, but also for the state. I mean, he was a representative. Uh, of a state he was in, he was in city controller. So, you know, Tom Gold's legacy is long and it's important to capture that because you know what, if you didn't write it, maybe it wouldn't get written at all. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of people have told me that, you know, oh, wow, I'm surprised there wasn't a book written about Tom Gola. And I think it's kind of cool because I'm flattered to write about it. And it's still, the book has been out for, I would say almost, almost a month now or, or getting close to that three week mark. And it's supposed to hit me that like I have a book. Like I, I still go into Barnes and Nobles just time sometimes just to like look at it and like wow, it's it's a cool moment. Yeah. It was an emotional moment too. Yeah. Then let's talk about that. So you, you went to Barnes and Noble and you went to go look for it. What was your feeling? What what came from that moment? Yeah. It was kinda cool. It was really it was like I said, it was a really emotional moment. I was gonna go with my wife, but she was at work. I had some time to go and I was like, I just got I just can't wait. So I just wanted to go and check it out. Yeah, it was kinda cool because I've actually, you know, during my downtime of writing the book, I would purposely go into Barnes and Nobles just to look at other books, just to see how they format, what what it's like, how they how they place their reviews, how do they place their photos, what's different, what works. Like, you know, obviously all the books look the same, but if you really open them up, a lot of them are totally different. Writing styles, picture selection, where the reviews are, how many reviews are on a book. So I really want to do my research. But yeah, it was a really um cool moment, kind of emotional. Because like I said, I put a lot of hard work into it. It's kind of cool to see your hard work on a shelf. And you know, it was kind of neat. I went to two, I was, I, I'd be online. I went to a couple the first day. I knew they were in stores. <laughs> Good. And I actually, you know, I bought one just to say, I, you know, I bought one because it's kind of a cool feeling. And someone was in a sports section. And I was just like, you know, shooting a breeze. I'm like, oh, if you like a book, this is my book. Check it out. And I think the person walked away with it. So I was, it was kind of cool to see that in the store. And also, it was available at our LaSalle's homecoming this year. So like it really hit me when I saw that the homecoming event, which was filled with alumni, a guy was walking around the bookstore with like four or five books in his hand, which is a really cool moment. Yeah. We're talking about making an impact on people, right? Yeah. Uh, that's pretty cool. So let's talk about, let's talk about the, the relationship you had with Temple University Press because and mm -hmm. how did this book come about? Because you could have probably traditionally published it or self-published it and obviously you went with the press. Talk about that. Mm -hmm. How did you, did you have a, a press already, a publisher ready as you were writing or did you have to sell the book afterwards? Talk about that. Yeah, I did my research to potentially do it myself, but at the end of the day, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm selfish. I really wanted it in stores and I think a lot of authors would say the same thing because I wanted people to have access to it. Now, obviously you could do it on Amazon, but I think it's really cool when books are available on, on Barnes and Noble, especially locally. But yeah, the the relationship was kind of like a great one actually, and with Temple University Press because a fellow colleague of mine who I know is in the media business said to contact them, and I originally contacted them about the idea. I wrote a little bit at the time, 
And they actually told me to like go back to the book and like work on it more because it wasn't ready. And I even said something to the head of the publisher, head of Temple Press, like, hey, I'm sorry I sent you the book like, you know, 26 months ago because, or longer than that, because looking at what I wrote then, I'm like, I really, I'm shocked I sent that because it's probably just like gibberish on a piece of paper. But yeah, it was cool. It was kind of a perfect combination in regards to Temple because they're Philadelphia uh, based. And I do believe, obviously, this is the Philadelphia based book, but I think they believe in it that it's not just Philadelphia based book, but it also is a college basketball landscape book too. It's not just a Philadelphia book. Obviously, it's about a Philadelphia player. I'm from Philly area and stuff, but uh, it's kind of a good combo. And like I said, it's kind of cool to to be through the whole process of the the book process of you know getting the art, getting the emails, proofreading, copy editing. Like it's it's stressful, but it was kind of cool to see it happen. And I don't think a lot of people understand how long the book process takes. I think this book has been done probably for the last like 14 months or a shorter, maybe nine to 13, 14 months span, but it takes a while to really like literally get it printed. So I don't think a lot of people take that into consideration of when they actually like buy a book. Wow. Like a lot of work went into this. Right. And you, you had the book done 14 months ago, but then the work began, right? So I think that's another thing is there's so much into a book from the interior, the covers, the layout, the references, the copywriting, mm-hmm. proofreading, and then, you know, rights to any photographs or there's so much. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, about the arrangement because this is, a, this is a podcast for people who want to become authors, learn from authors. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, most times, you know, a relationship with a publisher is great because it's in a bookstore, but it's not a financially advantageous. How did you weigh out whether or not this would be a good deal? If yeah. you probably could have gone with more than one publisher, how did you know this would be the right? publisher for you yeah obviously for me personally i don't look at this sure like you'll make money off of it but at the end of the day i just wanted this kind of to be a street cred kind of like a feather in my cap type of resume builder for me 27 i don't i mean i'm, I'm still young in regards to like you know like i mean i don't know a lot of authors that are 27 i'm not trying to toot my own horn but for me it's a, it's a true resume builder i want hope i'm hoping this you know reinvents my career in regards to you know the media landscape the digital landscape journalism and and you know tv and media production stuff so for me it was never about making money off a book and like i said i know i knew from other authors that that the book industry is not too lucrative unless you know you're selling a book on you know a president or something spicy that's in demanding for you know millions or, or hundreds of thousands of books but for me it was just like you know the passion just outweighed everything else more than just like the monetary uh, demands of the book. And I did put a lot of money into myself, you know, time, time and research and stuff too. So like I, I it was fun all around, no pun intended to the book title, but um, <laughs> yeah, it was cool. It was really cool to kind of like, you know, figure that out and what worked and what didn't work. And I, and I honestly, I still learning. So, I mean, I'm hoping this leads to something else too, maybe another book. So then I'll be more prepared for the next, next element of whatever that is, if it's another book or so. Right. And I think the way you describe it is great. It was actually a passion project. You really cared about the story of Tom Gola and you wanted to make sure that you represented it correctly. You worked with the family. It's really easy for authors who are writing someone else's story or doing something with historical background to get lost in research. I, I often tell people who tell me they're researching still, I often say, that's, that's fine, but research on a page. I want to see the mm-hmm. research being written. How did you make sure you didn't just continue to research and Make sure you balance it well with writing. Yeah, I feel like, well, for me, it was. Uh, I wrote a biography, so it's really hard to not only get things accurate, but to make sure like things make sense and we're clear. Like I literally 
you know, obviously I would had the writing space and the research space on one page and vice versa. But during my time of the research aspect, I've actually found errors within the own research. So like, you know, the championship game was the final score was 72-56, but it says on a piece of paper, the website says something different. And then the person who played in the game said they won 20 to 40, you know, like, so that was my <laughs> struggle with finding like, okay, like who's right. I know that, I know that basketballs are orange. I know that they didn't wear Nikes back then, but you know, I just, I was like, all right, who's wrong and who's right. So my biggest thing throughout this book is that like, I try my best to be accurate and I'm sure there is an error in the book somewhere in regards to like, you know, his, it wasn't his brother, it was someone else or, you know, I, I think they're very minor if there are any, but um, yeah, I think the research part was, it was challenging to, to not get overwhelmed because I don't want to uh, have like, you know, 800 bins. I actually do have like three or four bins of just paperwork and newspaper articles of, from this book, but I, I did a good job of not overwhelming myself and like literally, okay, this is the political pile. I'm not touching this or combining it with anything else. Like this stays as it is. So I guess like being, being, uh, I guess, organized, but patient at the same time kind of helped with the whole research compared to writing it and bring it to paper and stuff. So. Right. So as you were writing and you were doing that, we, you talked about, you know, that maybe there'd be an air. How do you deal with people that are maybe showing up on reviews or in articles or anything, you know, we, haters or people who are overly critical when it comes mm-hmm. to your writing? Because obviously this is something you spend a lot of time with. How do you deal with that emotionally or even just, you know, in your response? Yeah, I'd be lying it to say like it doesn't bother you for a second, but at the same time, I think writing this book process has made me respect authors and every book in a Barnes and Noble. Like I now have a newfound respect for authors after writing this book because I just know what it's like to go through that process. And I actually remember that book wasn't out during this time, but I it was last year during this time during holiday season. This person was selling a book in a Barnes and Noble, and she was you know it was like a Christmas book at her table, and I was like. Now, I look back now like, man, I really wish I would have went up to her and talked to her to just introduce myself because I might potentially be that person that sits at the table waiting for someone to come up and buy their book or just spike up a conversation in that form. But um, I don't know if that makes sense at all. But the whole angle um, of the hater thing is like, no, I, I, I mean, I welcome it because um, I don't want to get anything wrong on my next book. Again, everyone's not everyone is perfect. And I'm, I'm willing to think that even the best books and New York Times bestseller books have has to have at least an error or two in it. I mean, as long as it's not like, you know, I spell Tom Gola's name with a, with a U, you know, then G-O-L-A, and that's a huge error. But if it's something minor in regards to like, okay, uh, Jimmy Smith wasn't on the baseball team, he was on the he was on the soccer team, like, sure, that's minor. But at the same time, as, as, as long as it's not like the crux of the story, then I think, you know, I don't think you get a pass, but you just, I mean, it's, it's cool to know about it. But at the same time, you know, I'm not going to lie, I did get, see one email and say, Hey, this, it was, you know, this, I, I noticed he didn't live at this address. He lived at 50, you know, 100 Lindley Avenue, which is fine. So, you know, then maybe I made a mistake along the time, but again, it's on me and I just think it's a growing process and I don't think it's nothing too crazy to worry about in regards to like, it's going to, it's not going to like, like one little error is not going to ruin the whole book in my opinion. Right. So as you're promoting the book, let's talk about that because you said that's one of the areas you feel like really excited about. What are the ways in which you're, you know, getting your book out there? Because, you know, you only have so much of a window for a book to make an impact before 
yeah. you know, you kind of wanes. But what are, what are you doing? What are some of the things? Obviously, coming on podcasts is a great way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was grateful because I reached out to you. I was like, yeah, I want to, I want to yeah, have thank, you on my show. I, I appreciate it. Yeah. But, you know, if you're an author trying to get on podcasts or get media exposure or get some marketing for your book, what have you done and what have you noticed that works? Yeah, I really branded this book. And, I, and I'm not saying it because I did it, it's my ideas, but I really did, haven't seen a book that was branded. Like, I don't know many books that have a logo. Like, I created a logo specifically for this book that it's actually on the back of the book, too. It's a kind of like a little em- emblem of uh, a silhouette of uh, Gola dribbling a basketball with its blue and gold. And I actually put it on a hat. I put it on a hoodie. I gave 100 free T-shirts out at my homecoming event to students, gave some free books out to students. So... I've been really rogue and 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 really just like I'm really weird marketer in a, in a cool way like I'm really aggressive and again I'm not trying I, I know I've seen some authors in the past that literally they just write the book hey go get it where I'm like okay well give me a reason to write it and I think I'm giving or read it I'm giving I think I'm giving people the perfect reason to read it but I'm also doing a good job of not just jamming it down people's throats and I'm I'm also trying to be persistent with it and like I said I agree with you with that whole window like for me I think. You know, I probably have a, another, probably another month or so until this book fades into the uh, into the distance. I mean, luckily it'll be on the shelves in Barnes and Nobles. Well, I'm hoping they sell out because then people eat it up. But you know, I know I'm a realist that you know, obviously all books don't live forever. But I'm taking advantage of the time now and you know, doing media hits with my connections here in Philadelphia and uh, even hitting up people in New York. And I really do believe that this book is more than just Philadelphia based, and that's what I'm kind of leaning towards right now. And He's the all-time leading rebounder in NCAA history, so I'm trying to even go to the Final Four this year to see if you know, because I just meet some people. Even if I sell, you know, five books or two books, like it's going to be worthwhile. So, yeah, I've been really aggressive with marketing it. You know, podcasts, you know, anything, video, TV, I'll do whatever. I'm really aggressive, and uh, I'm the type of person in this business. You you got to take no for an answer, but they also follow back up and just check back in, and you never know, you never know what people will give you the time of day to, to promote yourself in the book. So. It's been a good good process so far. Yeah. What's one thing that you learned in retrospect, looking back, writing this book that you didn't know before you started? The whole book process or just every, everything? Everything. In whole? Yeah, I guess I really didn't know how much and how long the book process actually took. Like, I probably annoyed my publisher a whole bunch of time. My, my first editor, who helped me out tremendously guy named Ryan uh, in Philadelphia. And I called him so many times. I feel like I was annoying him. And I guess looking back, I'm like, uh, I apologize for calling you so many times, but I was just so aggressive because, you know, I wanted to see what the front cover is going to look like. I wanted to see, you know, what the, you know, PDFs of the book look like. I, I just really wanted to see the book process. But like I said, it takes some time and it's really, it really is a grind. So if, if any authors out there that have an ideas and don't think it's going to sell or want to go the self-published route, just do it. Like I kind of went the, the non-traditional route of doing a book. I wrote it first, then presented it, where usually people have an idea, then they finish it and get a timetable to finish it. So I would, I guess my biggest advice is, or what I learned too, is that the book process is different. And my, and my, my advice is that just like, you know, if you have an idea, just execute on it and just do it. Don't worry about, you know, a timetable or you know, no one's gonna like this idea. Just sometimes the best way is just to literally present it to someone and not just say, "Hey, I have an idea," but have the idea and the product to present at the same time. Right. I'm sure it was a much more compelling yeah. sell to the publisher. Like, "Hey, I have a book idea and the book here it is." Yeah. You know, a lot of publishers they love working with 
authors with great ideas, but they know that the author's dilemma is finishing. I know that's what I work on a lot of my clients that hire me. They have publishers, but they're like need to be held accountable for their deadlines and not getting stuck. Mm-hmm. Because even though you, you know, taking a publisher's, you know, signing on doesn't take away the fact that you have to still write the book. So it, it's a big accomplishment to, you know, get an idea, chase down a path, find someone to publish it and then to promote it. So it's really amazing that you did this. Uh, so tell us a little about, about, what you're doing now. You said you worked in television, you were a reporter, mm-hmm. you have some entrepreneurial inclinations. What are you doing now, as well as being an author, obviously, that helps make uh, your life go forward? Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, I've been out of the TV business now for almost a year and a half. I went that whole route and I love my time there, but obviously I wanted to you know move on to the next step. And at the end of the day, I'm always still kind of a TV person because it's all I've really known, but I'm, I'm now into like the digital content space. I'm a content creator myself doing various campaigns and and working with some companies here in the Philadelphia area which is kind of cool but I'm a big fan of just you know storytelling not only just on a piece of paper but you know social media and uh, you know just the digital landscape I think is so awesome I mean I watch more YouTube videos now and while I was on TV than I did working in the TV business and during my time in TV I was told my the company as I work for like hey like we should do this you know for digital because you'll get more click where people are, are clicking online, then they're watching at five o'clock to see the lead story. So at the end of the day, I'm a content creator at heart, and uh, which is kind of, like I said, kind of makes sense with the whole marketing thing of this book. Yeah, I'm just kind of putting my head down right now, seeing what's next. Um, the author phase is cool, and it's kind of cool to add author now to my uh, to my name and resume. And uh, yeah, just hoping to make some cool content and just you know just market myself and as well as the things and companies I work for. So it's been it's been a cool ride and. Uh, you know, steady, slow and steady wins the race. But, uh, you know, I'm hustling at the end of the day and just trying to figure out, you know, what's next and uh, being patient, being patiently impatient, was I say, right. uh, to myself. So it's so far so good. Awesome. Hey, you can get David's book, Mr. All Around the Life of Tom Gola on Amazon. You can get it in Barnes and Nobles at your local bookstores. How else would they follow up with you and learn more about what you're doing, David? Yeah, sure. You can follow me on Twitter at David TV. And you can check out uh, the website for the book, TomGolaBook.com. Uh, has some uh, some cool stuff on the on the website in regards to uh, you know how to get the you know links to the website or links to other websites that that sell the book and some photos and stuff. So uh, yeah, you can check me out there. And I'm very active on Twitter. Twitter's probably my number one as well. Instagram too. So uh, yeah, check me out on social media and just interact. Post a lot of behind the scenes aspects of the book, which is fun. Awesome. David, thank you so much for being here. It's been great. Thanks. Thank you so much. Join me again for another interview for great authors who talk about their story, how they got there, and why they feel like they're born to write. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave an honest review, and you can always find me at coachazul.com.